Good morning. We have already heard and participated in some very powerful music that centers right on Jesus. So I'd like to follow suit and do the same thing, that this message would point directly to Jesus. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, may your Son be the one and only, the focus of our message here today, that your Holy Spirit somehow can speak through me so that your Son may be lifted up and that we, in turn, would follow him. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are finishing during the season of Epiphany, and Epiphany means it's a season in the church, by the way, and that is to reveal who God is. And so we have been doing a series called 2020 Vision, Seeing God Clearly. And we see God clearly through and in Jesus. Today is seeing God from a new perspective. My hope today is that you will gain some spiritual insight to see life better for you. My hope for you today is that you will gain a, a deeper and clearer pers perspective on your life as you get a clearer view of God. So let me open it up with a question. It's an easy question, but I want you to think about it. What is the biggest loss and the biggest gain in your life? Well, I lost 11 pounds about three years ago and gained it all back. That's a loss and a gain. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. And for some of us today, this is a very hard question to even think about because it hits home. And so I'll just state it, and you can answer it in your own heart. What has been your greatest loss in your life? And what has been the greatest gift in your life? So with that being said, I want you to be introduced to this incredible story. because from it, it will give us a whole new perspective on how we see God and how we are to view even the greatest losses and the greatest gains in our life today. So in honor of God's word, I invite you to please stand as you hear the gospel. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up on a high mountain where they were all alone. Pause. It wasn't too long before this that Jesus met with his disciples in a private meeting and, basic, and said to them who he was and what his mission was about. 
and what his purpose was about. And guess what? They didn't get it. So, after six days, Jesus took three of them up the mountain, and they were alone with him. And there, Jesus was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And they appeared before Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Pause. For someone that's just coming and they don't know who Moses and Elijah, this would seem very strange, but for the Jewish people, they were, they were the men. I mean, centered on them, they summarized the law and the prophets. And so law, prophets, Ten Commandments, prophets, Moses, Elijah, they were it. And their whole life of faith dealt with the law and the prophets looked upon by Moses and Elijah. And so here Jesus is speaking with them. And the question I want you to think is, what on earth is going on here? What does this mean? Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, teacher, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. <laughs> He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them. And a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, they, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. I'm going to stop there. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. If I was a Jewish man in that time frame, and I recognized it was Peter, excuse me, Moses and Elijah up on the mountain with Jesus, I would not want to leave. Have you had those experiences in, in, your, in your life? They were so joy-filled. They were so good. You just didn't want it to end. You wanted it just to stop and have everything just pause and just soak in that. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Think of those things in your life. You, you just want it to pause. You go, oh, this is so good. I do not want it to end. Let's pause. Here it is. And they thought, well, okay, let's make it pause. Let's get some tents out and let's stay here. This is great. We got Moses and Elijah and Jesus and they're hanging out together. But it didn't take long for a cloud, which is very symbolic of God's presence, to completely come in and enveloped them and covered them. And then this voice from heaven, which is reminiscent of something that happened in Scripture where they call it a theophany. I know that's a real theological term, theophany, where God shows up, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in an amazing way. 
the cloud symbolic of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God symbolic of the Father and Jesus right there. All this going on. As this was going on, they wanted to capture everything. And then you hear this voice that was to bring clarity. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. In other words, this is my son, my only son. This is God in the flesh. Focus on him. Focus on him. Listen to him. I think of in church life how often because of all the stuff, the myriad of things that are going on, we could focus on things symbolic of a Moses and Elijah. Church. Governance. Boards and committees. Things. Events. Projects. Ministries. Is it possible that we can do all those things in the church and forget Jesus? Is it possible that we could forget him and and place the pastor on a pedestal at times? Or could it be somewhat like a Moses and Elijah where our focus goes on to something else and we think of it, you know, most important is what is going on in my family. What's going on with my kids? What's going on with my spouse? That is central and is most important. And that too gets confronted here on the mountain where God says, I am the Lord your God. You should worship me and me alone and no idols. Is it possible that even our spouse can become an idol? Is it possible that even our children and our love for our children can become an idol because we focus so much there that we forget who the Lord is? That's uncomfortable, isn't it? And so we hear this voice from heaven saying what it's like. And suddenly when they looked around, the, the, the cloud was gone and all they saw with him was Jesus. My hope is today as you go out from this place that you'll have a change of perspective It's not about the things that we often think are so important. You see, the disciples thought they had it all figured out, but they didn't get it. It wasn't about Moses and Elijah, but what the one that was to come, that's Jesus, and what he was going to give. Instead of the focus being on the lawgiver and the prophetic words, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets was right in their midst. Jesus, one full of grace and full of truth, he is here. And the voice of heaven says, 
This one supersedes them all. It's Jesus. It's most important in every element of our life, including the church, including with all the things we go through in our life. And so there's some words I want to share with you, and then I'd like to end but I want to make crystal clear the clear perspective that God has given us on the mountain. That it's not about you. It's about God. But it's interesting. God made it all about you. Because <laughs> he loves you. But when it comes to giving a perspective on how we do church and how we do life as a family, Jesus makes it really clear. Listen to what he says. In Matthew 6.33, he says this about giving a clear perspective of how we are to do life as we hear on the mountain, as we saw on the mountain. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to me. But God, why don't you give me all the things I want first? Then I might seek you. Well, the disciples didn't get it when he said these words. So later he showed, in a, he showed himself in a transforming way on the mountain. But even then, I'm not sure they got it. I know they didn't get it. But listen to what Jesus said before the transfiguration experience on the mountain. This is what Jesus said. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world in everything in it, but forfeit the very souls? And do you think our world is operating like that? Maybe someone in the church? The disciples really didn't get it, but finally after the resurrection and the Pentecost experience, they finally did because it had to be a God thing. I don't expect you to get this either. It's a God thing. I'm, I'm praying that God would penetrate my heart and your heart so that we get it and give you a clear perspective of not only who Jesus is, is God in the flesh, our God who saves us, but also giving you a perspective of how we do life completely. And finally, guess what? Paul, who, and Peter, both putting their foot in their mouth many times, but we see this from Paul saying this. Listen to it. Paul got it. Listen to what he says about, I would give you, this is the godly perspective of living life. And you can hear it in these words. Listen to this. It might sound foreign to us. Paul says this. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. What kind of crazy word is that? He's saying it, Jesus is everything. He's the one that defines my life. He is, is what life is all about. And then he says this again, so it's clear. His life was transformed to God, from God to him, 
to God. And listen to what he says. You know it's all about this transformation. His perspective has changed. Listen to what he says. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. And then in Galatians, he says that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. Hmm. All of us have experienced loss. For some of them, it's very, very close. When someone has come to me and says, I'm so sorry for your loss, I've said, well, my mom is not lost. She's with the Lord. I'm not trying to be tricky. I'm trying to just share the truth. She's with the Lord. But when someone's going through a tremendous hard time where their loved one is no longer with them in the flesh, one thing can happen that God and us, we don't want, is that we can become lost. And yet we have a God that continues to want to come by our side. And so as I close today, I want you to capture this. Yes, it might seem a significant loss. There's nothing to take away from the hurt and the pain of loved ones. We've had people in our congregation in the last year have lost, not lost because they're with Jesus, but have gone through a tremendous struggle and they're going through a difficult time. And my hope is that for us that have gone through such tremendous pain, and are still going through that, we'll hold on to the God who not only gives us life and salvation and a dream and hope, but will also give you, even in the midst of these dark times, a perspective on how we can go forward in the hope of the God who has a plan for us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would especially be with those families that have gone through tremendous pain and hardship where something has been taken away. And Lord, I pray that you may come in and fill them with your very presence. That no words can substitute that they may come to see you in a whole new way, even through this dark time. And that they would be brought closer and close to you, Jesus, so that they would listen to you more, that they want to spend more time with you. Because in reality, as they're spending more time with you, Lord, they're getting closer to their, lo their loved one because we know their loved one who is in you is with you in heaven. And so, Lord, as we go through life, draw us closer to your son, Jesus, please. May we get to know him, become acquainted to him, rest in him, get our hope in him, 
that it helps us along the journey in every situation. And as a church, Lord, help us to go forward putting your son numero uno in every thought and decision that we do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen.